Greetings, dear listener, and welcome to Natural 20-somethings, an audio program detailing and discussing the danger, depth, difficulties, diversions, dice, decadence, and drama of D&D. We're ever so pleased you're here. Welcome to Natural 20-somethings. I'm Laurel. And I'm Olivia. Today we are talking about monks, Olivia's favorite. Uh, we're going to do a big old deep dive into monks and uh, break this class down into its key components uh, to attempt to figure out what it is that makes monks tick and how we can harness their full potential. Wa-da-da-da. <laughs> The energy is uh, weird in the studio today, everybody. Here we go. Uh, Here is from the player's handbook. Whatever their discipline, monks are united in their ability to magically harness the energy that flows in their bodies, whether channeled as a striking display of combat prowess or a subtler focus of defensive ability and speed. This energy infuses all a monk does. Those who leave their cloisters take their work seriously, driven by a desire to accomplish a greater mission than merely slaying monsters and plundering their treasures. So, Olivia, what would you say are the monk's key features? Um, one, they're awesome. Two, they're the best class in the world. <laughs> Not a feature. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. For real, though. Okay, why don't you just, you have you have 10 seconds to just spew all that you need to spew about monks, and we'll go from there. Okay, monks are the most underappreciated class in D&D, and I will die on this hill. I love them so much, and the reason why people think monks are underpowered is because they're playing them wrong. There we go, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> so as far as playing them wrong goes, I do think that like an understanding of what their key features are is very key. Haha. <laughs> Double <laughs> <ha-ha>. <laughs> Double ha-ha. Double ha-ha, indeed. Okay. Understanding that is very key, too. Oh, I did it again. This you did it again? <laughs> this is going to be the whole episode. Is we're not going to get away from it. We're not going to get away from it. We're just going to make key puns the entire time, mostly by accident. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, What are their key features, Olivia? Uh, they're key. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> no, you don't. You're having I hate fun. That I've walked into this. I'm having a great time, but that doesn't make it not a disaster. Um. Well. Okay. So the big thing about monks is that they are stylized fighters first and foremost. Like it's v- they're very flavor focused. Uh, I think in a way that a, a lot of other classes aren't. But big things is that they can do unarmed strikes as bonus actions. They have a lot of um, action economy mm-hmm. and versatility with that with their bonus actions, which means they can do you know once you reach level five they can do up to four attacks in one turn which is a big thing yeah and make those unarmed strikes using dexterity instead of strength so they are dex-based fighters that have a pool of resources that allow them to channel that in various ways and <laughs> i think of them as like action economy points you know <laughs> <laughs> they just let you do things for me i think the what makes a monk fun is this specialization that they have in combat can be sort of useful outside of combat as well. If you're able to think creatively outside of the box, a monk is a very useful creature to have on your team for all sorts of different tasks that don't immediately apply to like punch thing a lot of times. Like, right. Monks are so fast. Oh my god, monks are so fast. Well, the other big thing about monks is that they have a bajillion different features to them. Like, you get something new literally every level, so every level up just feels really great. Just saying. They are. They do have a lot of really special level ups. And, and like, my personal vendetta <laughs> as a DM is stunning strike. Yeah. 
stunning strike, I feel like, is is really while your DC tends to be pretty low starting out because your wisdom modifier isn't typically the stat that you're going to pour a lot of points into right off the bat. When you land that hit and do a stunning strike and the enemy fails that constitution saving throw and then just doesn't have a turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when it's like, this is my one giant monster that I've put on the board to completely obliterate my players. And then that thing is removed from the board by the monk for like half the rounds. It's like, well, okay. Well, that's the thing, right? Like that is where they excel. It's in changing the board first and foremost, I think. Because they can move so fast and because they have all these like random things that they can do, they can really shape the board in a way that I think a lot of combat classes don't do as well as spellcasters do, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree completely. A monk has a lot more um, abilities and options at their disposal than, say, a barbarian, because monks are not designed fundamentally to just be a big, dangerous meat shield. They are there to be strikers isn't even quite the right word for them because they because they aren't yeah but they are there to sort of mitigate some some damage and battlefield control for sure in many ways i think they're meant to be really really good support fighters but they can a lot the big complaint i hear about it is that like monks don't deal a lot of damage and i know from personal experience that that is not true (laughs) i'm I'm shaking my head right now because this is a monk that has been inflicted upon me as a dm and oh my lanta the damage this creature does i (laughs) i roll many dice it's very so many dice like to a level where like this character that you've built competes with the barbarian that you have in the party like these are level 20 characters and the monk outdoes the barbarian on many occasions yeah so i obviously am biased but where (laughs) so i'm gonna ask you this question where do you think monks excel having dm'd for them i know that they are a menace and in many ways i am sorry and in many ways i am not but (laughs) where do you think that they show their potential i genuinely think that monks show their potential in their versatility i think that their the spread of abilities that they have is not only wide but useful like there are very few things below level 10 that a monk gets that are not valuable to you above level 10 it does kind of taper off into this weird like your body is ageless and you speak all languages which on a surface level seems kind of weird but if you're playing a character at that high of a level you're going to be playing that character for a long enough time in real life and in the campaign where those will serve you like yeah those will be useful to you at some point yeah i don't i just like i don't i don't think you cannot you cannot shake a stick at unarmored defense you cannot shake a stick at stunning strike you cannot shake a stick at having a bonus action attack at level one for free for free and key is incredible like you can do so many different things with key that i i i love it and i love how many different like a monk can be very very strong if you put in the time and energy and effort into making them strong and then loving them for what they are if that makes sense you know the biggest complaint i see about them is that they are aren't like you know they don't deal enough damage which I've said before but again personal experience that's not the case but I think people want to play them as fighters or as barbarians they want to play them as a martial class as martial classes usually are played and I think they just need a little bit 
different. Like, um, you just have to, it's just like stepping a little bit to the left to look at the board a little bit differently. Like, you got to figure out, it's really about working with your environment. That's with the other players at the table. That's with, um, you know, hey, can I run up this wall and get at this enemy, which is causing problems for, you know, the barbarian down on the first level. You know, it's about fully using that to, to your advantage. Yeah, for sure. A monk can and should be anywhere. Like, your primary feature, especially at high levels as a monk, is your ability to put yourself wherever you need to be on the battlefield to make the biggest difference. And that difference isn't always going to be in damage output. It just won't. And I think that if you approach a monk with an attitude of, I want to do as much damage as possible, certainly you can build a monk who will do that and excel, but that's not what a monk has to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where would you say this class is weak, biased Olivia? <laughs> well, I think number one that I find is hit points. Their hit die is a D8, which, you know, that's the same as rogues, bards, warlocks, what have you, but they're designed as a martial class and they don't have the hit die of a martial class. And like, I know it's supposed to get offset by the unarmored defense, like you're not supposed to be able to get hit as often, but if you're playing at a high enough level, your enemies are just gonna hit you no matter what. So having fewer hit points, I think is really kind of a problem in a way that like, I think for rogue, it's not the same because they have things like uncanny dodge and disengage as a bonus action for free and all of this stuff that allow them to, you know, move about the board in a different way. Yeah, well, rogues are supposed to come in and get out immediately, whereas monks come in and stay and move. Yep, manipulate rather than, yeah, you know, annoy. <laughs> <laughs> rather than pester. Yes, exactly. But the other big place that I think they're weak is in, it's the same place that they're strong in, which is their versatility. I think those abilities get very confusing. Like, you can't just walk in with a level five monk. I think the reason I'm very good at playing them is because I've been playing one for two years since level one up through level 20. And I had time to really understand and get excited about all of the different abilities that they have and really use them. And even I still forget about like deflect missiles and things like that. Like it's just, oh yeah, all the time. There's so much to remember and it's a lot to juggle in your head. And there's a lot of pressure on that too. Where you're just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Um, if you, it's like, you know, you open up a menu at like an old fashioned Greek diner and it's like a book and you're just like, I don't know what to get. Like what's good here? And it's never the fish. But anyway, <laughs> I, was just, I think a more uh, like wide reaching metaphor than old Greek cafe restaurant would be like a cheesecake factory. <laughs> People in Utah think that the cheesecake factory is like the height of luxury. So <laughs> do with that what you will. Uh, for me, I think the thing that monks are weak in is this, like, the attitude that the way that they've been written has cultivated about them in the community. I think that setting aside even, like, the sort of, like, fetishization of Asian culture, mm-hmm. if you if you put that aside, which is problematic in and of itself, yep. a monk is very restrictive in where you come from and what you are, quote-unquote, as a character. So from a purely character standpoint, not mechanical at all it's like I'm coming from a monastery full stop and so navigating that world of like well what does my monastery look like what do I believe am I a religious person I think so many people feel kind of restricted by what a monk is that they just are like well they're all one note and I don't really care for what that one note is and it's hard to imagine taking that and playing it a million different times because it's always the same backstory if that makes sense Mm, yeah no absolutely and I know differently of course I just make monks and I'm like I don't care about a monastery what monastery 
<laughs> exactly. But that's the thing is like getting to a point with it where you love the class so much and you love what the class can do so much that you can free yourself from the shackles of on paper in the player's handbook what a monk is said to be. You're golden. Right. Totally golden. But I do think that a lot of people find that very restrictive. Well, they're martial artists. That's what they are. And I think, yeah, as you said, I think people are sort of restricted by, you know, the like stereotypical uh, view of a monk. And I mean, there's a lot of nuance in where that stereotype comes from, first of all, that like absolutely needs to be investigated and appreciated by people who don't know about it. Um, But beyond that, you know, it is a very flavorful class. And in some ways that can feel intimidating to come into right away where you're just like, I can't flavor this my own way, but you absolutely can. Well, I honestly, I almost even think it's a shame that they called it a monk. Like, I I feel like that name, like you look at it and you just kind of go, okay, and your eyes slide right off of it and you don't look deeper into what it is and what it can do. Because that's the thing is like when I, the first monk I played, I was like, this class is so cool. But it was because I sat down and like really dug into what it was because at that point I was making like my third character and I didn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again and I was like what do I want to do and the monk really stands out when you get into what they do but if you just look at the like page and make a decision about it based purely on like graphic design <laughs> and, and the name you just kind of go okay and you, you skip right over it you're like I think I know what that's about but you really don't no you don't it's so fun and mm, I love them. I really do. They're just, oh, they make my brain so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how would you say then that we make like use of a monk's full potential? Um, I think it's really, you got to do your homework, man. Um, but my sort of like quick and dirty, uh, you know, here's how to play a monk thing. Um, just keep looking at your abilities. Make sure that you've got all of them written on your sheet um, because they get overwhelming. They absolutely do. And it's okay to pause and look back and whatnot but also really think about what subclass you want before you pick it because I think that subclass really changes what a monk does it does so if you want for example if you want to be a damage dealer go with kensei I cannot emphasize that enough it is phenomenal and like it's little things like the fact that all of your weapons are also magic uh, rather than just your fists you know so don't ignore the little things because those do add up but I also I also think build your monk with your team in mind like really figure out who else is on the board and figure out how to use that so for example you can tag team it it's pretty great you can stunning strike and then have somebody else cast a spell like disintegrate that requires a dex save that they automatically fail you know um it's about it's about pulling from the board and also don't be afraid to move and don't be afraid to spend your key I know people are just like you should conserve it and I'm like no just spend it um obviously be smart about it but you're going to kick yourself if at the end of the fight you have key left over and you didn't use it yeah definitely I think for me making the full potential of and this is a cop-out because it's true of any class But it is very fundamental to understand what the class is designed to do and make sure that you are happy with playing that role at the table. If you don't like what a monk does and what a monk has been built to do, don't play a monk. Like if you if you don't like what a wizard does and what a wizard has been built to do, don't play a wizard. Like <laughs> 
you don't have to force yourself to play a character class that you don't think is cool. So, like, if you don't want to be a monk, don't be a monk. But learn what a monk is designed to do and try it out and see how it functions and, like, really let the monk live in its zone and you will have an, a, a fantastic fighter on your board every single time. Yeah, there's a shirt on Etsy that I want so badly that it just says, uh, monk finding more ways to break the game than the DM thought possible. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> hey, can I do this thing? Just like, you can't get across it. That's all water. I'm like, I can run across water and I ignore difficult terrain. <laughs> so suck it, DM. I do what I want. <laughs> It's true. My last piece of advice for realizing full potential, y'all, monk plus revised ranger multi-class. Oh, mm, you can't. It's just, it's so good. They work so well together. Just look it up. You'll have fun. They do play very nicely. They do. Okay, so Laurel, why do we love this class? Because I know you also love it. That's why we decided to talk about I it. Do. I love monks. Um, I love, <laughs> this is silly. I love the vibe. Like, I I love what a monk is. I think that the, the flavor of being a martial artist who is just sort of slippery is so much fun. I love what that technique of fighting can bring to character and like what that means for you as a person at the table. Like I think that like while we've talked about, you know, monks can feel very restrictive. On the other hand, there's so much fun to be had there because of the way that they fight. You really can get so creative with like who your character is and their personality type. But then also like there's so much room for flavor in describing combat encounters. And I love that. I love them so much. (laughs) (laughs) Olivia is blinded by her love of monks. I am and I will forever I I don't know they're just I (laughs) I think about this constantly where I'm like wow how lucky was it that the first class that I ever picked to play is actually my favorite class. (laughs) Like I got into it loved it it was great. Um I I mean I love them because you can do what you want and they have such a wonderful action economy that you never feel like you're wasting your turn yeah absolutely so yep monks i love them uh a lot uh (laughs) someone please get me that shirt (laughs) (laughs) roll for backstory random character generator I got out my buy pride dice for this. As always. Mm. I mean, every dice I roll are buy pride dice, but you know. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay, let's make a character. All right, race first. Uh, Roll those dice. Three. Ooh, it's so small. We got ourselves a dwarf. Yeah. I'm finding a new appreciation for dwarves. Dwarves are great. More people should play dwarves. Okay. Um, class time. 77. 77, you say. A warlock. Ooh, that's different. Dwarven warlock. Okay, background. 30. 30, 30, 30. A gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so we got our, our gladiator dwarven warlock. I think first first order of business is, is determining flavor of warlock mm-hmm. here. Warlocks have so much customizability. What kind of warlock do we They want? really do. So my first instinct is absolutely a hexblade warlock, like their prop weapon or whatever. 
<laughs> is suddenly possessed by some magical eldritch being that grants them powers and actually works for one. Excellent. Um, the, like, rubber sword. Yes, exactly. They're, like, fake trident. Okay, no, I love that. So we got a Hexblade Warlock. Um, I like the idea that their weapon, like, is the Eldritch being. Yeah. Like, this this mysterious, you know, arch individual who is granting them powers, like, has been living in this sword for some time. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got trapped there. Like, maybe they're cursed to be a horrible prop weapon. And this dwarf, I imagine, I don't know why it's a girl, but, like, I imagine it, like, young, plucky teenage girl coming in and, like, learning how to be a gladiator and picks up this prop weapon and can suddenly understand this thing. Mm, I like that. I, I, I also, the young, plucky teenage girl made me think of, like, you know, the new, the ingenue stepping off the bus in New York City. Right. <laughs> she's she's new to the big city and she's here to be a mage. <laughs> <laughs> her hexblade wants her to uh is convincing her that she can make it big in the city and oh yeah yeah that's what she sells her soul for is like fame and fortune yep absolutely <laughs> i want to name her delilah can we, can we yes can we name her delilah um so she gets her powers from the sword how does she become an adventurer um i think now hear me out i don't know where this is going <laughs> It makes me nervous when you say that. <laughs> I say that. You don't say that. Okay. We are both tragedy sluts. This yes. has been established. This is canon now. Correct. What if the weapon turned on her or the institution that she was a part of and burned it down to the ground and she had to go find some other place to live? Ooh, that's interesting. I like the idea, too, of even, like, maybe the weapon became real during a match and she actually killed somebody. Oh, that's good. And so then everybody's like, no, get out. You're not welcome here anymore. And she just, like, this... this tie between her and the gladiator ring gets broken and all of the towns that she travels to she's trying to get there before the other gladiators get there so that they don't know that she's not supposed to be employed (laughs) (laughs) seeking fame and fortune elsewhere she now she has to distinguish herself as an adventurer because she cannot make it as a gladiator because she's she's spilled blood yep delilah blood spiller oh that's fun okay cool we have a character (laughs) now i want to play her (laughs) Hooray! I want to play all of the characters that we make. They're I know, they're really fun. Look, we know we're not supposed to pick favorites, but we did. So, picking favorites again. My question for you, Laurel. Uh, what is your favorite character background and why? Ba, 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 ba. Why is there always fanfare? <laughs> I don't know. It's just you. I love it and never change. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's nice to be loved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite character background is the far traveler. Um, I... <laughs> I have two things that I really love about this background um, beyond the flavor, which I will get into. But uh, my my number one and number two things, uh, which are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, is one, you get perception as a skill with this background, which is very rare and very valuable. Like that is a a high commodity uh, perception proficiency. Uh, The other thing is that one of the um, items that you get in your little (laughs) equipment pack is 
poorly wrought maps of your homeland. <laughs> something about shitty maps that is so funny to me. Like, I'm just bad at cartography, but I have these maps of where I'm from. So funny. Um, I think that what I love about The Far Traveler is this idea of you could bring a character from any community or any world that you yourself have sort of invented. Like, if you're me and you love coming up with character backstory, you will invent entire communities and countries for these people to be from before you even have a campaign to home them in. And with The Far Traveler, you can just sort of sequester that into a corner of your DM's world without taking over everything while still having a reason for your character to be a part of the party. It does mean that you have to find a reason for your character to have left wherever they're from and be as far away from home as they are but i i honestly think that that adds a lot of character flavor of like here's this very sort of strange potentially ostentatious person who are they why are they here and that's even part of your feature like people pay attention to you because you're kind of exotic and i love it i love a far traveler love me some shitty maps (laughs) what's your favorite background my favorite background is ironically the gladiator (laughs) how perfect (laughs) Um, there's just something really, I just, it's just fun to have one. I don't know. Like, okay, first of all, I'm a classics nerd. Like that's just who I am. So having that, uh, as a D&D background is hilarious to me. Um, specifically, there's a specific feature of the gladiator. So like one of the ones that I like is that you get, um, both, I think it's athletics and performance, which is kind of a fun, uh, it's just kind of a fun flavor. You don't always get that and it can be really fun to do that. But my absolute favorite part about this uh, background <laughs> is also really dumb. It's also one of the items that you get. <laughs> it's, it, there's, there's something about items that's so funny. <laughs> it's the clothing that you get. You specifically get bad costume armor. Like... <laughs> like you have to have a gladiator costume with a gimmick like it's like a pro wrestling thing it's so funny to me like I just love the idea of somebody walking up wearing one of those shitty plastic Roman gladiator uh, Halloween costume things like I just imagine that and it cracks me up every single fucking time but the best part is when you make a character with this background you can just like flavor your armor to be this Mm. and have people be like you're hard to hit and then just go clang (laughs) it's costume (laughs) it's stupid plastic costume armor like the shenanigans potential is just too good it's very high with the gladiator i do like that they are a sort of like they're performers really they're not like warriors you know right and that's the interesting thing like your feature is kind of like some of the other ones where you can sort of get housing and uh, accommodations wherever you go if you perform in a gladiator ring (laughs) wrestlemania yep exactly Olivia, what have you brought to D&D Inspiration Show and Tell today? I love how it's no longer inspiration, it's just show and tell now. <laughs> it's just going to morph, and it's never going to be inspiration again. My clever title will never see the light of day. It's Inspiration Show and Tell. It's all the thing. Okay, yes. So what I have brought today uh, is the start of a new campaign that I am very excited about. I know this is going to be kind of weird, but I'm sort of inspired by myself a little bit this week. <laughs> That's fine. I was inspired by myself last time. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, we started a new campaign recently, and uh, I brought a character that I was kind of scared to bring to the table. I've never played a bard before, and they are very different flavor-wise from everything that I've ever done. Um, uh, I tend to be kind of a damage monkey, and bard is just so different for me. And we've played a few combats now, and I'm really starting to get the hang of, or rather get the feel of what they're about. But I think the thing that inspires me right now, it's actually really funny. I don't personally like my own character, which is a weird thing to be inspired by, but it's actually been really fun to play a character I don't like and I don't agree with. Like the way that they move through the world is so different and it's a really fun experience. I'm inspired by my own character in that sense. I will never, ever, ever try to be like her. Uh, She's a menace (laughs) in every possible way, but that is just really fun and really freeing in a way that I usually, I usually don't bring a character like that to the table. And I thought that was a little different and it was a risk and I think it's going to pay off. So I love it. That's my inspiration. Thank you, dear listener, for lending your ears. May the stories you tell be grand and humble in equal measure. May the characters you meet be brimming with adventure. And may the chances you take lead to some natural twenties.